The healthcare sector is increasingly a bullseye for hackers and other cyber intrusions. So, what lessons can be learned from some of the recent cyber attacks on the healthcare sector? I'm Marianne Kolbesak McGee, executive editor at Information Security Media Group. Today, I'm speaking with Wendy Whitmore, VP of Security Consulting for CrowdStrike Services. Wendy will be discussing some of the key takeaways from a recent study by CrowdStrike, which analyzed incident response investigations conducted over the past three years on behalf of organizations across a variety of industries, including the healthcare sector. So, Wendy, for starters, tell me very briefly what CrowdStrike examined for its cyber intrusion casebook. What we did was really take a look at all of the investigations we've conducted over the past few years, and what that equates to is over hundreds of investigations that are focused on uh, incident response, so working with organizations from a data breach capacity, and then also working with organizations in a more proactive capacity where we help them prepare for data breach response. We help them build their security teams and their programs and really get an understanding of you know, what some of the challenges are that are, are facing these organizations. And so when we compiled the investigations, what we did was looked at really thousands of data points across those and then correlated those into some interesting findings that we thought uh, you know, were certainly noteworthy and things that organizations should be aware of so that they can uh, more effectively prepare uh, you know, for the reality of data breaches. And the, you know, the reality of that is that while they're very common and they're certainly happening every day, there are organizations that are very successfully dealing with them. And there are, I won't say they're simple, but there are certainly steps and preparation that organizations can take that really will make a world of difference in how they're effectively able to defend themselves against those type of attacks. So, Wendy, what were some of those key findings, especially when it comes to cyber attacks and cyber intrusions in the healthcare sector? What I think is is kind of the most significant finding out of all of them is that in 100% of the incident response investigations we conducted, 100% of those organizations faced the attackers attempting to come back into their environment and reinfect them after they uh, either concluded a remediation event, which is really the event that's usually the culmination of the investigation, and you try to eject the attacker from your environment. So 100% of those organizations dealt with that. And so what, what that really kind of shows and the story behind that is that the new norm really is that organizations kind of have to be prepared for this ongoing mentality of continuous detection and visibility into their environment. And, you know, previously a lot of people look at incident response as maybe you have one big breach, take the target event, for example, or some of the major healthcare breaches. You know, people think of that. They think of the investigation associated with that, and then they think of kind of the remediation and the strategic investments in technology that those organizations make, and it's kind of like they go back to this clean slate, wipe the wipe the slate clean and start over, and the reality is it's just not really the way it works. Uh, you know, organizations of, of any size and certainly that are containing sensitive data in their environments and on their networks are organizations that typically other people have incentive to get into. And so the real win for these organizations becomes their ability to be able to detect that activity moving forward and to contain it nearly immediately. And yeah, it's usually within an hour, a couple of hours that you can identify that. When you can build that pace and you basically 
are able to have kind of an operations tempo that you contain these events and you prevent them from becoming these huge major breaches that result in a loss of millions of dollars and a loss of millions of, you know, of client private health information and other types of data that's very valuable. How does the healthcare sector stack up in terms of being able to detect and contain these intrusions when they happen? How does the healthcare sector compare with other industries when it comes to tackling these attacks? I think traditionally, if we look at kind of the last 15 years, which is really the, the time frame that it's been known that you know a lot of organizations are dealing with these type of breaches. Traditionally, the healthcare uh, industry has been a bit behind from that, and you can even look at that from the sense of you know moving records electronically, right? That's really happened within the last decade, and so as a result, now you've got a lot of information that's out there that's typically available, and you've got them at doctors' offices and in other components within the insurers. That those organizations are not like say defense or technology where they were preparing for attacks for the last decade, and so what you've really seen, though, is with the onset of these breaches, you've seen a lot of investment come from that, from the healthcare industry, to build their security teams and to really be able to effectively combat and defend their networks against these types of attacks. So I think really within the last two to three years, you've seen a tremendous amount of improvement, and you're at the point now where a lot of healthcare organizations and insurance organizations are spending money proactively to test out their organizations to prepare for those. And, uh, you know, one of the case studies that we identify in detail in our casebook is actually a, a large healthcare company that has done just that, taking a look at how do they effectively prepare, where do potential security gaps exist within their environment, and then how do they close those so that they can effectively defend and respond to an attack in the future. Now, speaking of gaps, what sorts of security vulnerabilities and gaps do you tend to see in the healthcare sector that makes these organizations an easy target for these sorts of cyber attacks and intrusions? Well, you know, I think there are a lot of kind of common gaps actually across all spectrums, and the healthcare industry really is is not unique to that. I think what makes them really unique in terms of being a target is just the the rich value of the data that they have. In many cases, the data from medical records is much more valuable than a social security number or a credit card. And that's because you, you not only get all of that you know, private information that you could use from, say, taking out credit in someone's name, but you get such a rich history of their medical data. You understand kind of what problems they're facing and how you might potentially exploit someone. And so quite frankly, that's really the the area that many of these attacks are coming from, whether it's from a nation-state capacity or from, uh, say, a, uh, you know, an economic and financially motivated perspective. And so, you know, the types of, of gaps that we commonly see really are, I think, one of, at kind of a technical level, one of the most common is going to be the accounts and control of credentials accounts within an environment. And what that means is many times an attacker, once they get into your environment, what they want to do is then impersonate one of your legitimate users. And frequently they want to impersonate one of those users that has a lot of access to the environment. So somebody like an IT administrator who can essentially conduct activity on hundreds of systems within an environment. And so one of the I would say most straightforward recommendations that we can make in that is really having a strong segmented account policy, meaning you're segregating your accounts. Those that are domain or server admins can only work on domain or server systems. 
those that are local and uh, user credentials can only work on user systems, and then having timeframes associated with them and a checkout process. So without getting into too many technical details, there's some real kind of fundamental ways that organizations can control those types of, of usage of their accounts, which is really going to limit the risk on the back end of an attacker getting access into the environment. And it's going to force them to be able to uh, you know, have to move much more quickly if they only have, say, two hours to use a compromised account, and it only works on a handful of systems. That's really going to limit the risk. And that's one of the most fundamental issues we see within healthcare and within every type of industry vertical that we've worked with. So, Wendy, now the healthcare sector not only depends on mobile devices like laptop computers that are used for entering and accessing patient records, but it also relies on the use of networked medical devices for monitoring, diagnosing, and treating patients. Some ethical hackers have sort of demonstrated how, for instance, the medical devices can be used to enter into a network. Any tips that you have on how healthcare providers and other entities in the healthcare sector can better protect these devices from becoming an entry point into networks of sensitive information? Absolutely, and it it really does kind of go back to some of those fundamental components of network segmentation and then really endpoint visibility. So what the reality is, you know, that those devices are certainly here to stay, and I'm sure they're only on the increase in terms of the need for organizations to be mobile, to be flexible in their care with patients. And so the reality is that strong visibility into your endpoints is going to be a huge key to that. That means that you have uh, the ability to identify, you know, what type of communications are coming from those systems and where are they going. And then having really the count lockdown policies that I mentioned previously will really prevent, say, a device like that that maybe can access a vulnerability within the environment from really successfully moving throughout the environment. Because at the end of the day, for any of these attacks to be successful, they've got to be able to get access to the most sensitive data that they're interested in and then remove it from the environment, typically, right? Or they copy it in some format. And so if you can identify the actions that are going to lead up to that type of behavior, which really is a a whole sequence of events that are a number of things that organizations could pick up on if they have the right visibility, then they're going to be much more successful at identifying those in earlier stages and containing them to individual events rather than major crises that result in large data breaches. So, Wendy, based on some of the large cyber attacks that we've been seeing in the healthcare sector this year, including Anthem, Primera, some of the others, some of them have been taken a long time to even be detected before they were actually then acted upon to mitigate the damage. What are the key lessons that the healthcare sector can learn from those incidents and some of your analysis in your report? What's most important for them to know? One, it's not all doomsday. Uh, There's actually some good news that's coming out of reports like ours and certainly industry trends. And one of those in particular is that self-detection is gaining. 
So that means organizations are actually detecting these types of attacks internally versus having someone like the FBI knock on their door and let them know that there's a problem. And that means that organizations are getting more mature. They're investing in, in team members that are really capable. The skill sets in terms of personnel who can deliver this type of work are continuing to grow and grow so that more organizations can build those capabilities. And then technology is certainly improving as well. And so there are a lot more different mechanisms that organizations can use to effectively detect, to detect these attacks in the future and currently. And so what that means is that the sooner you can detect an attack, the much better off you are. It's this type of uh, incident response and these attacks are all about speed. And so the sooner that an organization is able to detect something, the better off they are because they're going to be more likely to contain it. So one of the fundamental things that we identified as a finding in this report was just that there were some fundamental areas in which some organizations were much better than others at re responding to the attacks and remediating. And some of those key differentiators were things like having an experienced staff, which you usually means doesn't it doesn't mean let me clarify that you know you have a huge 50 to 100 person team that's dedicated to security. The reality is most organizations cannot afford that type of staff, but what they can have is one or two people who have experience in responding to attacks, who've maybe been through one at a part of maybe a previous employer, and those type of people are extremely valuable to have on staff or to have an external relationship with. So something like you know having an experienced firm on retainer who's been through this who can help out with that. The other thing is that they, the teams that are more successful have built processes around how they maintain visibility in their organization and then what they do when they notice something's wrong. So one example of that is it's been widely reported in the target breach that they were alerted actually by their network software that there was a, um, an area of concern. So there was an alert and that went on for about two months and it, it alerted every single day. And they were kind of widely criticized after for not picking up on that earlier. But the unfortunate reality is that happens to a lot of organizations because they invest in technology, but they don't necessarily make sure that their people are properly trained in an ongoing capacity or that they've built more mature processes around that that aren't ad hoc, but that things are process driven so that every day somebody is looking at those alerts. And so we saw organizations that could do those things successfully tended to do what we call exercise more frequently. So they tested their defenses. Uh, they went through penetration tests. Uh, they had tabletop exercises, and they involved their stakeholders. So they involved their CEO, their operations department, their general counsel, uh, their communications. And they actually had not only you know, technical responders that they had a relationship with, but they had an external counsel that specialized in data breaches on retainer. And they also had a PR or crisis management firm that was on retainer that they had worked with and gone through some exercises. And as organizations get more mature, they tend to do those kinds of things more frequently. So maybe that's something they're testing out a new scenario on a quarterly basis so that they really can continue to identify areas where they have room for improvement, gaps, but then that by the time they actually go through one of these breaches, you know, it's not the first time for everyone. They're familiar, they understand the playbooks, they understand the internal communications, and they also know what they're going to communicate to the press because in, in these type of major breach scenarios, 
that's probably the single most important thing, is that the organization communicates effectively to the press and to their clients and that they can retain client trust and not go through so much reputational damage uh, you know, in some of these cases. So the good news, kind of to recap that, is that there are a lot of things organizations can do proactively to really put themselves in a better position uh, moving forward to have a, you know, if they do face an attack, that it's not a catastrophic event for them. Thanks, Wendy. I've been speaking to Wendy Whitmore of CrowdStrike. I'm Marianne Kobasek-Begee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.